This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. 2023, I want to thank you for coming back for the second hour. We've been obviously packed all day. Um... And this hour is absolutely jammed, so uh, strap in. You know, Jason Jones, the audience is very familiar with Jason. We normally are talking to Jason in places like Afghanistan or Iraq um, or, you know, uh, the the Christians being persecuted in, in, in the deserts of the Middle East or in the Texas border or in Central America, South America. But Jason joins us now from his home in, in Hawaii. And um, Jason, you, you did you ever think that you'd have a situation that on the on paradise and beautiful Hawaiian islands, you'd have to put your shoulder to the wheel here to make sure that you could uh, you uh, assist uh, your fellow Hawaiian islanders in this tremendous tragedy that's taking place in Maui. No, Steve, it's been the most surreal and heartbreaking experience of my life. You know, in the past six months, um, my organization, the Vulnerable People Project, we've been rescuing Christians out of Khartoum and Sudan. Um, I was in eastern Ukraine. <clears throat> um, I was in the Middle East. You know, my organization was founded to serve the most vulnerable people in the world when the world has abandoned them or hasn't shown up. And when I was flying home um, to assist my family and friends who now have become the most vulnerable people in the world, and uh, it was really an unbelievable and heartbreaking experience. And I can tell you, as I walked through Lahaina and as we slowly drove through Lahaina and I looked at the wreckage, it, it was worse than anything I had ever seen in my life. It reminded me, Steve, of when I was with the Peshmerga as they were liberating towns and you could still smell the burning flesh of the Christians and Yazidis that ISIS had killed and left in buildings that were booby-trapped and in rubble. Um, but the reality is the damage in Lahaina was worse. The smell was the same, but the damage was worse. And, you know, my children are Pacific, they're half, they're what we call hapahaulis. And um, there are all of these missing children that look like me. They look like my children, you know, because my children are hapahaulis. I'm a haoli, and they're Pacific Islander and Filipino and Chinese, so they're mixed. Um, so the, it's, it's seeing families that look like my families, my friends, my college roommate, um, who are directly impacted by this. And to see the way the government has dissembled from the mayor to the disaster management director who's now resigned to the president of the United States who couldn't even find one word. He couldn't even stop. See, what's unbelievable is when Biden was asked to respond to Maui, you and I work with politicians. You know, I've, for 30 years, I've worked on political campaigns and there's a technique called blocking and bridging where whatever you're asked, you answer the question you would have wanted to, you want to answer. And if, any sensible consultant to Joe Biden would have said, whatever question you're asked first, you're going to make it about Maui. You're going to say, hold that thought. I want to talk to the people of Maui. Our thoughts and our prayers are with you. And the federal government, in partnership with 
NGOs and your state and local and county governments will do everything we can to serve you. That's what a president would have said who was thoughtful. That's what a president would have said if he had advisors that were thoughtful to the people of Maui. And um, so it's but, really but, unbelievable. But in this, how deep, the in this deeper, but in this deeper, the, in this deeper than, than the Biden regime, because something here's what I understand. You hear is there thirteen hundred people still missing? A thousand? I mean, we're now into the second week of this thing, and we can't get the arms around anything really about the origins of this fire. You have a lot of speculation. It might have been power lines, and you and I have talked about this Wall Street Journal story that. I guess the the Hawaiian power companies in talks with a, a with a private equity firm maybe going private or or, or yeah, Steve, having you know who the largest owner of Hawaiian Electric is Steve the largest owner of who I didn't that? mean to interrupt you I'm sorry but the largest owner of Hawaiian Electric no. is BlackRock does not surprise me do you think there's any truth to this rumor that 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 these land speculators are taking advantage of this of this dire situation to buy it from local residents, to buy land inexpensively from local see, residents. See, that's not a rumor. I've talked to people. That's not a rumor. I've talked to people who have dozen calls in a day. Their family members are missing. Their town is in rubble, and they're being peppered by vultures. This is not uh, a speculation. This is a fact. It is not speculation that 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 children were home alone. It is not speculation. There are a thousand people missing. Steve, in uh, an average year, around 1,100 people die in Maui County in a given year of all causes. We're looking at more people dying in a single day, or approximately the same amount of people who die in a year in Maui County died in a single day. And we're going to find out, and this is not speculation, I, I hate to even say it out loud, but it's going to be a disproportionate number of these are going to be young children. And this is really heartbreaking. This was completely preventable. The arrogance of our government is, is unbelievable. Can you imagine that we have, and this is not global warming, <clears throat> wildfires have been down uh, for 20 years consistently. For the past 20 years, we're seeing less and less wildfires in the United States, dramatically less, about one third less, I believe. And so to say that this is global warming, no, this is a radical anti-human ideology that punishes the poor. You drive your electric car, and that punishes the poor in Africa, these young children who are working to the bone like slaves to get those rare earth elements that you need in your electric car battery. What, you know, why weren't the electric wires buried? Why weren't the, the wires buried? You know, Steve, you know when you know you're in a community that's uh, that the government responds to their interests is when the power lines are underground. When you drive through a community and the power lines are above ground, you know, oh, the, the city doesn't care about these people. The city is not responsive to the needs of these people. And the historic Lahaina town should have been the first community in all of Oahu that Hawaiian Electric buried those lines. The first community. So why were there above ground power lines? That's the first thing you need to know. And well, the reason is they said that they weren't going to be investing money in old energy, that they wanted to take all of their resources and pour it into quote unquote new energy, green energy. So this is, we look, we have a governor who's addled by the ideology of environmentalism. We have a Senator, Brian Schatz, the most snide, cocky little man you've ever met in your life who built his political career on being a boy that picked up cans around his neighborhood. 
and quickly left, you know, skipped his way into a Senate seat. Um, and he was just chuckling. And the, and the, the hours after the catastrophe, the first press release, there was Brian Schatz. And he's just making weird smiles and kind of giggling. And he looked like a child at his first funeral. And I, for the life of me, this is who we have um, governing the state. And it's really unbelievable. There, there are consequences. There are consequences to having so, government that is responsive to ideology and not the needs of its citizens. You, you, you've been on some of the worst battlefields in the world. You, you've spent a lot of time in Iraq with the Kurds in the Middle East with the destruction of the Christian churches there. You've been in some tough places with the Peshmerga. You know what a battlefield looks like and particularly knows what it smells like. Are you telling me in your experience that Lahana was worse than the battlefields that you've seen in, in when you're doing your work to protect the defenseless Christians throughout the Middle East? Yeah, and I challenge anyone, look at the drone footage of the ISIS destruction of these these villages in, in Iraq. And and then look at the drone footage of Lahaina. There's it's it's unbelievable. It is absolutely unbelievable. It looks worse than what you would see on the borders. And I was questioning myself, does this is this because it's it's close to home? Is this because it's my community? Is this because it's my family and my friends? And no, we, we drove through one part of Lahaina and there was a woman walking through the wreckage. And this is something you'll see in a war zone uh, often. There was a woman just walking alone, barefoot, talking to herself and crying. We just watched her. You know, you see this. You, you, we were, we were the Vulnerable People Project through our Hope for Hawaii.com program. We have been boating in supplies and then using jet skis as a bucket brigade to take them from the boats offshore to hundreds of people forming bucket brigades on the beach to get them into the trucks. And we'll be singing and laughing and high fiving as we're unloading these trucks. And then in the middle of it all, you'll just see somebody burst into tears. You'll, you know, they'll be laughing one minute and then you'll see, um, you know, a shadow move across their face. They begin to cry. And then you'll, you'll realize that for a moment they escaped. They were able to escape the sorrow of losing their wife or their children or their brother or their mother or their grandfather and do the work that they're doing. And then all of a sudden it hits them. At this, at this uh, bucket brigade you're showing here, off, off behind, underneath a tree, the entire time we were there for hours unloading, there was a little boy just crying. And I just can't imagine why he was crying. Well, we, we know why. He's lost. He's lost friends. This is really, Steve, another 9-11. I want to put this in perspective. There's a thousand or so missing. And that's the equivalent of after 9-11, there were 800,000 New Yorkers missing. And, and, and in Hawaii, you know, it's it's such a close knit place. It's a Polynesian Pacific ho, 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 Island culture. What do you mean after nine eleven there were eight hundred thousand New Yorkers missing? It would be the equivalent if you look there at the population size. Oh, oh, equivalent. So, yes, yes, yes. I, I could, could, could. But let me ask you. This is the question. What what eight hundred equivalent? Perfect. So that's the the point. With a, something this big a scale, the federal government's already announced they're not going to do an investigation. You're, there's no investigation, it looks like, really going on formally, at least you can see from the outside because of the information lockdown. There's still this discussion of 
and you've been in war zones. Did a did a wildfire alone cause this? I mean, it seems so unbelievable that this was simply a wildfire. When you look at this, it looks like the fire bombing of Tokyo or Dresden after the Eighth uh, Air Force hit it in World War II. It just it's 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 unbelievable the footage that you see. They still we still don't know. Are there eleven thirteen hundred people missing? Eleven hundred? How many are children? It looks like they're slow walking all the information because they don't want. They don't want any accountability and they don't want to really get to the bottom of it. So what what are the citizens going to start demanding out there? Because this has to be citizen driven. We understand people are in shock, but you're not going to get to the bottom of this to the citizens start demanding answers. Oh, and they're demanding answers and they are slow walking this because the American people have a heart for Hawaii. And if they understood the magnitude of this catastrophe, um, the, 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 the nation would be roaring. I have, you know, there were tourists arriving in the first couple of days who didn't even know that there anything had happened because the media was reporting it as a brush fire. And um, I will say this, Steve, a lot of my friends are Native Hawaiians. Uh, one of my best friends is a leader of the, uh, you know, of a movement uh, for sovereignty, for Hawaiian sovereignty. And I think a lot of Native Hawaiians are asking themselves this question right now. What benefit do we have uh, of being a part of the United States? What benefit do we have? The kingdom was illegally overthrown. Um, we're being treated so disrespectfully. You have, you know, a BlackRock-owned electric company, uh, careless. Uh, at the very least, they were reckless and careless, and it resulted. And the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Hawaiian Electric is already in, in, in meetings to reorganize to avoid having to, I guess, pay the liability that they owe. Yeah, they yeah they're, they're, the they're, they're going to try to hide in bankruptcy. Jason, we got to bounce. Where do people, I know you've got your group now working directly to try to alleviate this. Where do people go, first on social media, to find all your reporting? And number two, where do they go if people uh, want to assist? On Instagram at Vulnerable People Project, you can find all of our work across the world and here in Hawaii. Our Hawaii website is hopeforhawaii.com. Anyone who donates to our campaign, we're providing food, shelter, and I've committed to paying for the funerals of families that can't afford the funerals. And anyone who donates, Steve, can I share, they get a Hope for Hawaii hat with a patch. Every country we work in, Steve, we create a patch. So we have patches for Nigeria, Malawi, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan. I never in a million years thought we would have to have this, this patch of my own home. And it, and it really breaks my heart, but that's hope, hopeforhawaii.com. And, um, and I'll be going back. Uh, I'm in Oahu now for meetings, and uh, I'll be heading back to Maui tomorrow. Jason, we'll catch up with you tomorrow from Maui. Thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the work you're doing. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. When Jason says it's worse than the, what he was at the front line with the Peshmerga, you understand the level of this. And, of course, Larry Fink, I think they are. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I think they are looking at alternatives and maybe even going to bankruptcy as a protection from the uh, massive lawsuits here. Anyway, that we're also going to follow that in detail. Jeff Clark, um, you did such an amazing job on East Palestine, which we've only scratched the surface on. But I had a number of people and people are following along at home. Jeff was President Trump's. I mean, you see him in the paper for all these other topics. He actually was over at uh, the Justice Department. Part of it was about monitoring the EPA, although it, you actually got promoted by Bill Barr at one time. You were running both the civil, you were running the entire civil division. Is that correct? 
That's correct. That was the uh, additional assignment I got in September of 2020 after being Senate confirmed to run the Environment Division, which I was running up until the end in early 2021, Steve. Okay, so people at ProPublica, which is a kind of a left-wing investigative thing, but they do some pretty good investigative work. They're, they're, they're left-wing and no fans of uh, the MAGA movement. But they've got this piece that, that was all over last week. EPA approved a fuel ingredient, even though it could cause cancer in virtually every person exposed over a lifetime. And then you read the study, your, your head blows up. What's going on here? I mean, is this it, it, Provoco no, normally doesn't hype their things? Like I said, they're they're a left wing group, so they normally go after people on the right. But what what is this? Why why would why would EPA, who I thought were like the super environmentalist, the uber environmentalist, that this is what they're in the business of shutting down? Why would they, they approve this, sir? And what is the real danger here? Well, Steve, first, let me say about ProPublica that, look, they're the outfit that's been on Justice Thomas's case and on trying to change the composition or get, you know, uh, Supreme Court justices uh, besmattered and, and besmirched so that they can try to get them uh, off the court. But, you know, every once in a while, even a blind nut finds a squirrel. And this is definitely a big nut. Uh, so we're talking about Chevron. They have developed... 18 different recycled uh, uh, consumer plastics or other kinds of plastics that they want to turn into a major component of boat fuel in Pascagoula, Mississippi. And that, uh, let's just pause there and recognize, I don't know if you're, if Cameron has uh, the graphic, but uh, the NIH actually cautions against burning plastics just as a general matter because it can cause all kinds of reproductive damage, damage to the endocrine system because it releases, uh, you know, talates and, and uh, microplastics and all sorts of other nasty things. And, and I think everyone probably has an experience of having burned plastic, you know, for some reason around the house or inadvertently or something. It gives off a really terrible smell, which is kind of an indicator of the fact that it's a serious health risk. So they're taking 18 waste streams of plastic and they're turning it into boat fuel. And if you were a lifelong boatman uh, and you were using this fuel on a daily basis, it is a certainty that you would get cancer. The risk that ProPublica calculated from the available data from EPA is that the risk is 1.3 to 1, which means you'd get cancer 1.3 times over your one lifetime, right? And if you're a casual boater, right, then the risks go down proportionately. But uh, they calculated that these risks are so enormous, they're so out of uh, the orders of magnitude that EPA normally deals with. There are a million times what EPA normally proposes, and they're more deadly then uh, they're six times more deadly than being a lifetime smoker in terms of your risk of getting cancer. So it's really uh, okay. amazing that EPA would approve this stuff. But 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 hang on, but hang on, hang on. It's so that's what the thing blew me away when I looked at the math. I thought as a I thought we were in the recycling business. I thought it was a good thing to try to take these plastics so they don't end up in the ocean, right? I thought we had a whole effort to kind of recycle these. So was the original intention correct or appropriate and this is just they got off track here and in getting off track how did the epa not monitor i mean how did this happen when like you said most of the epa are nazis or environmental nazis how could they let something that has these kind of statistics and and uh, you know and, and make people vulnerable to this stuff how do they let that go 
So, Steve, look, this is similar at some level, at a high level of generality to what you covered with Jason Jones about what's going on in, in Hawaii, in that, uh, you know, he was talking about ideology here, right? I, what I would say, the moral of this story is that uh, envi environmental fads at this point trump environmental realities. So what is the fad? They like these fuels because uh, they're promoting them for climate change purposes. So it seems like that was used uh, politically inside EPA to override the risk analysis. And, you know, EPA purportedly made an error, Steve, in the in the uh, technical paper. They say that, uh, you know, there were stack gas uh, risks. Well, no, the risks were really from burning the boat fuel in terms of what comes out the tailpipe of the boat uh, or off of the engine through some other means. And there's an EPA scientist quoted in the uh, article by ProPublica, and what she says is like, look, I was at the EPA for 30 years. I've never seen EPA make a mistake like this, where they say something is a stack gas. And she said, basically, I'm sure as hell anything I worked on when I was at the EPA, if we said something was a stack gas, it was a stack gas. And we didn't call things that weren't stack gases, stack gases. So, you know, I, this reminds me of a category mix up for a, one of the first cases I worked on in private practice after I finished uh, law school and my clerkship was for DuPont. And there was a, a case, you know, a, a birth defect case that was brought. And the original claim was that there was a woman who was exposed by inhaling uh, the relevant pesticide. But when she figured out that her expert witness had made a, a calculation that was off by a factor of 10, she switched to saying that there was dermal inhalation. So I've read these kinds of EPA studies before, Steve, and poured over them, in fact, for past litigation and then for uh, administrative law litigation as well. I mean, you know, e EPA, they, they sometimes will, you know, uh, uh, kind of stretch things and they'll spin it and they'll apply lots of cautionary factors. But I've never seen a situation where they've made an error of this magnitude. It is just inexplicable. Well, I think, the error, hang on, but 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 it's it's like out in, in in Hawaii where we can't get basic answers. And now you have maybe thirteen hundred people, maybe a majority of children. We don't know because people aren't putting the information. Can you? With your understanding of EPA, and even we saw the unprofessionalism in the East Palestine situation, but that was in procedures and process. But in studies and analytics, which they pride themselves, they're among the best in the world. Do you buy that this could have happened as a mistake? Or do you think this was ideology driving the climate change agenda said, well, look, we got to get this in here because these are climate uh, these are, are climate uh appropriate fuels, maybe not for humans, but for the climate, sir. Right. Well, I think the focus for EPA and, and their approach in the past has always been to prioritize human health uh, and then animal health and then, you know, the, the health of the environment more generally. So I don't buy that this is just some kind of mistake. I mean, a, a stack gas means you're producing this at the relevant facility, right? This Chevron facility in Pasigula. That would be a calculation about what comes out of their facility. But the danger is what comes out of the boat fuel once it's manufactured from the uh, facility shipped to the boaters and they put it in their engines and they burn it. That's really where the risk is. You can't possibly make that mistake because, you know, you woke up a little bit late on a Monday morning when you were finalizing the study. I mean, this would go through, uh, you know, at least 10 and maybe even like two dozen scientists at EPA. And then they would also talk to some other folks and see what they thought before they finalized the paper. And it's a 203 page 
risk uh, assessment, Steve. So, you know, I think they've been caught with their pants down. The environmental groups even are up in arms about this. They put out a proposed rule, and in the proposed rule, they say that what they're they're going to do is, you know, if you actually propo- propose to uh, to make any of this stuff, you know, you'd have to come to them and get sort of further approval, and they'd probably require uh, further study. But, you know, that, that still doesn't uh, get past the fact that if no one had caught the, these errors, right, you would be producing a boat fuel and going out and burning it maybe as you're, you know, tooling around, even doing some weekend fishing or something in the Gulf and breathing in deadly chemicals that can cause cancer or destroy your reproductive system. It's, it's, uh, it's unfathomable, Steve. Now, what, what's the status right now? I mean, because over the weekend for people... You know, I know a lot of people coming from a, a, a Navy town where I was born and having family down in Norfolk and Ocean View. A lot of people that spend a lot of time on the water. This thing, the way it was written, kind of freaked people out. Is this actually out there today? Are our boat, our watermen, actually breathing this in? And if not, is it being stopped in place? I mean, what, what can you give us a status report to the best of your knowledge? I, I, uh, to my understanding, I don't think that it's actually out there. Uh, but, you know, it was going to be out there unless uh, some whistles were blown. So they've been blown. The environmental groups are upset. A proposed rule was put out in June, like I said, to try to put additional uh, sort of mother may eyes and and study controls on this before it comes out. But certainly if you are being marketed uh, a new form of fuel from Chevron, uh, that, uh, you know, you see the word plastic anywhere near, uh, you should not get that fuel. You should be very cautious. You should just try to be using traditional fuels, uh, which they don't want us using, Steve, because of all of this climate change nonsense. And, uh, you know, I think that, that probably Chevron is not proceeding here, which is why EPA thinks the rule could actually uh, do some good in terms of coming to them to ask for further permissions. Because, you know, with these stories out there, this is a plaintiff lawyer's dream, right? If they start manufacturing this and then somebody gets cancer, like the lawsuits are going to explode and and Chevron's not going to have an excuse that EPA said it was okay because it's been exposed that EPA made these massive errors. Well, particularly with the, the, the 1.3 times, if you have one life, 1.3 times you'll get it. Uh, Jeff, just hang on one second. We'll take a short commercial break. Jeff Clark's going to join us on the other side. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you 
when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Okay, imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens Better Health Promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take Field of Greens. Look, Field of Greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room, but they can promise at your next checkup, your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit 
covidtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's covidtaxrelief.org, covidtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. So, Jeff, just a couple quick questions for, I know you got to bounce. Um, shouldn't Chevron, I mean, this thing gets reviewed by dozens of guys inside of EPA before it comes out, but I'm sure it gets circulated to the company. Shouldn't someone like Chevron even said, hey, oh, by the way, uh, you have a slight miscalculation, like, like, you know, 10 orders of magnitude. Shouldn't they have shouldn't they have brought it up? I mean, the the dangers are so severe when you read this report of how our watermen and people that spend time on the water boatmen could get this type of cancer like over 100 percent of the time. It's so egregious. What could have happened? Shouldn't the company or some some scientists working for them said our lawyer said, hey, by the way, I read the report. There's a tiny error here that changes everything, sir. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it boils down to the idea if I only had but two lives to live, I could get cancer 1.3 times uh, from this new boat fuel. So you would think someone at Chevron would have found it because at least uh, when I was doing some things in this area for some chemical companies, certainly uh, those their scientists had seen earlier drafts and commented on it, et cetera. I think that, look, anyone who is a boatman or uh, is in some kind of uh, group of fishermen or the like, they might want to FOIA uh, the EPA here to try to get any interactions with Chevron about this so they can see what Chevron was saying about it. Uh, and that might just be good to do now to get the documents, maybe even in preparation for lawsuits if this ever comes out, Steve. And you would think Chevron would say, hey, there's going to be a million of lawsuits filed here. This could take us down, right? we got to get on top of this. Last thing, because it seems to me quite fishy when you have as many experts as you got an EPA on the scientific analytics side, this thing kind of got through. Uh, I just know how government reviews are, and I, I'm not buying it. Are there other areas we should be concerned about where maybe some of these radical uh, climate people are, are trying to do things that not just are edge work, but go over the edge of maybe harming human beings to, to protect Gaia, Mother Earth? I, I think, Steve, that we have to be concerned in all areas, and that's because of the uh, dominant role of this out of control, uh, super control and super, uh, you know, international control in this climate change area. Right. It's already corrupted science in many ways, because much like it, you know, we know about Dr. Fauci's research corruption and the like. Right. If you control vast federal sums of money to do research and the like, it, it can be corrupted by ideology. I think something similar is going on inside EPA because the press from the Biden administration is that, you know, you must produce on climate change. We must have a new green economy. And that green economy obviously involves things like these new boat fuels from remanufactured, recycled materials. And so, you know, I think we're going to have to be vigilant for these things because the temptation of anybody to please their master inside a government agency and keep their jobs and keep their pensions and so on, you know, will be to give them what they want. And right now what they want is approval of any kind of renewable, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, new uh, feed stream for 
some kind of fuel they can claim has lower carbon emissions, so they can claim it's better for the environment, even if it's actually worse for human health, which is where the, the, the priority should lie. Uh, you know, Steve, you know, sadly, uh, there, there's the question, right, who watches the watchers? At this point, I think it's the American people who have to be the watchers of their government. I don't think the government's looking out for the people. Who watches the watchmen? Jeff Clark, how do we get to you? You're, you know, Brother Clark, your hits on here are amazing, but sometimes you make the news outside of the war room. How do people follow you? Well, I'm at Jeff Clark US on uh, Twitter and Getter and at Real Jeff Clark on Truth Social, Steve. Uh, and uh, also, uh, you can find our work at the Center for Renewing America. And I know Russ was on earlier today and had a great discussion with you. And, and look, you know, there might be some filings coming out today. So watch the news about that on my other front. We will love <laughs> Jeff Clark, the 30 front war, personally fighting the 30 front war. Clark, thank you so much. You're a good man. Thanks a lot, Steve. Um, cold open for uh, Ben Harnwell, who's on point on this debacle and this really this tragedy in Ukraine. Let's go and play the cold open and bring Ben in from Rome. Point one would be war is unpredictable. Um, I think in the intelligence is largely accurate in describing what you were told. Let, let's remember, just like in sports, um, things can change very quickly in, a, in the flash of an eye. Uh, last night, I watched uh, a tennis match, finals of the lead-up tournament to the U.S. Open. Spaniard Alcaraz playing against uh, Djokovic. Each of them held... Uh, match point several times through the match until Djokovic finally prevailed. War is unpredictable. Um, point two, I wouldn't count out entirely a Ukrainian breakthrough. They still haven't put the mass of armor to work as effectively as we would hope. But bottom line, Joe, unfortunately, this one looks on land as though it's settling down. I'll close with this. Um, look to the sea. You know, the admiral's going to say that. Uh, but look at what's happening using sea drones, sinking Russian warships at sea. Um, there's a lot of battle space that you can go around the land warfare. And then finally, as these F-16s come online over the next six months, let's hope uh, that in the air we'll see a change. On land, you can bet on the static in the air and at sea, I think we've got some significant changes ahead. All right. Okay. Retired four-star Navy Admiral James Tavrida. The thing that the Ukrainians are doing right now is they are expending intellectual firepower and they're spending expending firepower on, on objectives that are not directly attributing or at least contributing to the success of trying to isolate Russian forces and then as a result of that isolation, you then must reduce those forces. When you go after targets in Crimea, they've also taken shots into Moscow a couple of weeks ago. Those are distractions. What needs to take place is all of those weapon systems, all of that planning, all of the direction that the Ukrainians need to take right now needs to be on one or two very specific objectives so that they can achieve some immediate tactical success and then exploit that success. When you start throwing firepower in the direction of Moscow and then deep into Crimea, you're not going to do This is an incredible tough task on the part of the Ukrainians. That's why, frankly, when you look at the strikes in Crimea, you get the sense that 
they are trying to throw some haymakers, you know, that wild left punch, that's not going to achieve success. What's going to achieve success is continued tactical penetration of those defensive belts so that you can isolate those forces. Once a unit is, once a military unit is isolated, they're incredibly vulnerable. That's what Ukraine needs to try to achieve. And I would say one more thing, Amra, that what the Ukrainians are doing now looks not dissimilar to what the Russians did when they invaded in February. The Russians got way over over their skis, multiple axes of approach, and the Ukrainians very, very quickly were able to stop them and then to push the Russians back. I'd hate to say it, but it looks like the Ukrainians might have failed to learn that lesson. The Ukrainians might have failed to learn the lesson. I thought the great masters, the teachers of the lessons were the United States military. This is, you saw right there, Stavridis kind of saying, oh, it's like a tennis match or break through. They got to keep, you know, penetrating uh, the, the spider. Was a spider marksman, the army general. They got a tactical penetration. I'm bringing Ben Harwell. Ben, the, the Ukrainian people, this is the kind of callousness that the psycho, psycho uh, what do you call it, the psychopathic overlords, sociopathic overlords, you know, have the, the Ukrainian people, I hope, are getting a belly full of this because now as their casualties cross 200,000, according to the New York Times and the Washington Post, leaked by the intelligence community, they've essentially quit on the battlefield in the land. He gets to have reach, yeah, we'll, let's see, we can throw some things at some ships over there. Then Spider Mark saying, well, that's all kind of ridiculous haymakers. They got to focus on going back and having the mass, cas- mass, ca- mass casualty events that got them in this situation in the first. Is We know Washington, D.C., and it was a big part of this morning's uh, talk about the budget. There's going to be zero chance that this Ukrainian uh, supplemental passes. Where do the Ukrainian people stand on this? Or do they understand that the uh, best and the brightest in Washington, D.C., the escalation party, has led them down, as Professor Mersheimer said, the primrose path to their own destruction, sir? Good evening, Steve. Well, I was actually going to start off with Professor Mearsheimer in answer to your question, but his other famous quote with regards to Ukraine, and that is that the West is going to fight Russia down to the last Ukrainian. I think that's really the insight that, that it has been governing this war for the last 18 months and continues to govern it. And that, you know, you really need to be a sociopath, uh, whether, of course, you're an overlord or not, it will depend on, on rank and position. But you would need to be a sociopath to, to, to look into the cameras like that and just breezily dismiss that real impact this is having, not just on Ukrainians, also on Russians too. I think the, the New York Times on Friday, Steve, we mentioned this briefly on Saturday, they did this article uh, saying that the, the total killed, maimed, injured on both sides was now running at something like half a million, 500,000 people. This is an absolutely astronomic human cost to this war and that you know you would need to be a, a sociopath to to be indifferent to it regarding general spider himself i've had my cynical beady eyes on him for about four or five years you remember that when uh, president trump said he was going to pardon eddie gallagher for, for his for, for war crimes and this general spider marx came out and told uh republican uh, uh, uh californian uh, Congressman uh, Duncan Hunter, he said, keep your mouth shut when 
an elected representative of the people came out and defended uh, Gallagher. So I've had my eyes on, I mean, this is clearly a guy, I think anyone who would say publicly on television that, that a, a sitting congressman of, of either party uh, needs to keep their mouth shut. And, and this guy, of course, uh, Hunter, he was, he was a, a former US Marine himself. So to say that such a person needs to keep their mouth shut shows you the elevated level that, that such a person holds of themselves and, and where their standing is. And I think that's another indication here of sociopathy, that, that, that someone would feel so supremely confident to do that. Specifically about Spider Marx himself, this guy has been, for the last 18 months, pro-Ukraine. He's been pro-Kiev. He's been with the pom-poms. He's a, he's a CNN military strategist now. He's retired. He's been there pushing the Ukrainian point of view throughout this conflict. So now to come here uh, and see him basically saying that they're screwing up and they're screwing up uh, because they're not following U.S. advice. They're defaulting to their preferred military strategies. They're overextending themselves uh, with this counteroffensive. They're, they're replicating the mistakes that he says Russia made back in the beginning of the war. To see him do this, it suggests something is going on, Steve. And I think that thing that is going on is this pivot that we've been talking about here on the war room since the Vilnius conference um, uh, a month or so ago, when the West uh, pretty much gave President Zelensky his notice that there was going to be a, a retreat uh, from their support. And one sign, and one additional sign that, uh, Steve, that there is a, a pivot going on is to look at where President Zelensky is today. Right now, he's in Greece. Saturday, he was in Sweden. Sunday, he was in the Netherlands. Uh, today, uh, yesterday, today, uh, he was in Denmark. And now, as I say, he's in Greece. He's on a, a European tour trying to rally support. Why? Because he can see something is, is taking place. And we're going to get further evidence that something is taking place on Wednesday when there is the first round of the GOP presidential hopefuls. You call them Keebler elves. I rather sort of think of them as the seven dwarfs without Snow White. But in any case, what happens on Wednesday is going to give a pretty good indication what the GOP's growing position is going to be with regards to this $24 billion immediate funding that the White House has asked for. With, um, for Ukraine. We'll get a good indication, I think, of how the, the GOP's policy is shaping up on Wednesday. It, you're, you're, first off, the Keebler elves, most of those, you know, uh, Chrissy just made a fool of himself. He went over there and didn't know any of these facts, didn't get briefed on them, is not smart enough or understands enough about the military national career geopolitics to ask the pointed questions. He came back with his pom-poms on. He just left the country. But Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, they're all neocons. I mean, it's it's a simple, oh, we're fighting for liberty and freedom. It's much, much, much deeper than that. And right now, the Ukrainian people are paying the, the penalty from the escalation party. I can tell you, there's a firestorm back here. Of people who said, absolutely not one more penny for Ukraine. Get them to the negotiating table. But where are the, before I lose you, where, where are the Ukrainian people's heads right now with this whole situation, given that it is this is all driven by these battlefield commanders saying, hang on, we, we, we heard spider marks and we heard Stavridis and all this stuff about combined arms. And we're going to penetrate these multiple levels of defense of the dug in Russians. And all we got to do is take mass casualties, but we can get through there. It's not working. And we're just killing needlessly killing our young men and sometimes women. So we're going to stop essentially a mini mutiny of many units that just refuse to fight anymore. 
Uh, where do the Ukrainian? You have any sense where the Ukrainian people's heads are in this? Absolutely, I do, Steve. And there, again, an indication that there is a pivot going on is the way how the press that has been giving us for the last eighteen months total propaganda in support of democracy, in support of NATO, in support of the EU and all the rest of it. Bizarrely, those last two points, because, of course, Ukraine isn't part of either of those institutions. But in defence of all that the Western world is trying to defend, it was absolutely essential to give Ukraine maximum support. It's very difficult now to open a newspaper and find any article like what we would have found easily six months ago, because the tone and the tenor is changing. There's another article, for example, that illustrates the, the, the situation on the ground that lists how people are go, being press-ganged from nightclubs um, and sent basically directly from the front line, from the nightclub to the front line. There's, a, uh, there's an article, in fact, I might call on it now, uh, Memphis, if you'd be very kind with my second article here from The Guardian, uh, which has the headline, Bribes and Hiding at Home, Ukrainian Men trying to avoid conscription. Thanks very much, Memphis. That's that's a brilliant article because it just illustrates what is going on because these guys that you were just referring to, Steve, they, they know the way how the war is going and they don't want to be sent to a meat grinder. So this article here is full of uh, anecdotes about uh, how people have paid this one guy here, paid $5,000 for the hospital to sign off on saying that he had a, a serious spinal injury. And he's, in fact, I'll just I'll just give ben, you. Please go ahead, Steve. Ben, ben. Ben, we're going to put him up. I tell you what, I'm gonna get. Uh, let's get you back on tomorrow because we got to bounce. I want to play this. Uh, we had the Billy Joe Schaefer's classic song today. Get thee behind me, Satan. We're going to go out with that song today. I know you're a big fan of it, Ben. Uh, ben, what's your social media? Where do people get you? Get you back on tomorrow. Thanks, the rest of this. Brilliant, Steve. Uh, get to at and then of course the War Rooms page on Rumble, Bannon's Warren. I'll, I'll be there. And I'll see you tomorrow, Steve. God bless. Thank you, brother. Okay, the show's been on fire today. We're going to leave you on fire with Brothers Shaver and John Anderson. See you back here at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. I the mirror And I couldn't see myself The demons that were in me Had turned me wrong side out I knew inside my soul straight for hell but I couldn't for my life figure
and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 